Tall Butt and Sticky Guy get chased by Dr. Grossface. Sponsored by Demon Phone. This is 976 Evil 2 on Stinger Madness. Stinger Madness. Stinger Madness. Stinger Madness. Here we go, Stinger Madness. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness. I'm your host, Justin. This is the podcast about bad movies by bad movie lovers for bad movie lovers. With me, as always, are Sam and Jackie. Hello to you, too. Hello. Nice, spooky phone voice. Do you, do you want to know your horoscope? I do. Do I have to call 976 P-Hole to find out? <laughs> P-Hole? That's the best I could come up with. Oh, for... Zinger. <laughs> Zinger. The other one was 976 Beagle. Beagle, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nine seven six herpes on your face. Oh, that appears to be. I don't. I don't know. Let's. Ugh, I don't <laughs> want to get too deep into herpes on his face. Uh, yeah, nine six seven six evil two, directed by Jim Wynerski, one of uh, my favorite bad movie directors. I I think I prefer Jim Wynerski even over Andy Sedaris. I just love the shit out of Jim Wynerski yeah. movies. I don't know about that. I prefer him to Fred Olin Ray only because about half of Olin Ray's he just goes so fast that he doesn't even. They don't even get his flavor. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the ones that do get Fred Olin Ray's flavor, he is a funny guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and they're a lot of fun when they do. But sometimes he just goes so fast that it it's just whatever. I will say that there were not enough boobs in this movie. Boob count two. Boob count two. Yeah. Yep. Disappointment. Wait, boob count two. Oh, yeah, because we're counting each individual mammary. Boob, and it really is only got a good look at the one. Yeah, uh, we got a pretty good look at them, though. Yeah. And very rapidly. <laughs> There's no time wasted to get some tatas out for Jim Winerski. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I was. I think it was a good pick, Jackie. I'm super glad that we're finally getting into Jim Winerski films. There's so many of them, and uh, I think this was a good entry into it do you guys feel like we should have watched 976 evil one at all i didn't really like 976 evil one. Oh, you've seen it yes okay all right i have not i kind of thought well, i maybe... didn't remember that guy being in it though there you go <laughs> yeah i kind of thought maybe we should have because one of the characters was a repeat yeah but he it's... obviously has some history with this phone line it's barely referenced though like he's still all he has is experience with the phone company the 976 evil he doesn't have any experience with the phone company. What? Yeah, <laughs> they're. A, I think that they're a company. They have business cards. Isn't it the devil? The bi- the devil ordered business cards, and he he doesn't have to order business cards. He just makes them show up. Oh, he just poofs. But yeah. then why would the devil just be like, "What's your? Would you like to know your horoscope?" He's bored. Uh, it's not a phone company. I thought it was a company that's like, Ugh, "We're being." Weird. Bell South decides to kill some people. Well, not a com- <laughs> not a company that provides phone service. You jackass. That's what a phone company. No, is. a company that uses the phone to make money, like a telethon, like a like a, a hotline, tele- like a one nine hundred. Sure. Get some. That which isn't a phone company. I'd call it a phone company. I'm an yeah. internet company. Does that mean I provide the internet? Uh, no, that's an ISP. It's different. Yeah, exactly. But in this time. In, in the times before, the phone company meant the phone company. Well, thanks a lot, Captain Semantics. But uh, either way, I thought that, they, that 976 Evil was a business. <laughs> got business cards. Can't be a business without... I mean, if you got business cards, you, you're a business. We've traced the call back to the house. <laughs> I'm 976 Evil? <laughs> this movie's even more confusing. Yeah. So he he has not he has experience with nine seven six evil, but he doesn't have experience with Grubeck, the gross, creepy dean of the community college, whose sole motivation in this film appears to just be he wants to bang Robin, which he should have just done because she was into it before. Yeah, it's it like, seemed like they had a good relationship. Before. This whole whole thing's a misunderstanding. I would say that's fair. Fair, yeah, yeah. What what in his right mind made him think? You know, I'm going to murder some people, and then she'll really go for me. And Grubeck doesn't even have nine seven six evil powers. He's his power is the power of astral projection, which apparently he learned from reading a book that did not come from nine seven six evil. His powers come from Lucifer's. No. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I guess he he did some astral research, and uh, that's One enough. One day of it. That's enough to be able to project your body. 
your spirit uh, across the planes of existence and use those powers to uh, kill people. Well, as I am going to understand it by the end of the film, as long as you uh, munch Brigitte Nielsen's box, uh-huh. you get astral projection. Right. Or maybe other things. Who knows what you can get? Who she's, knows? She's got a lot of shit in that in that uh, spooky store. Treasure trade. Treasure trade? Who's that? What's a treasure trove? <laughs> trave. <laughs> okay, I can't talk right. To blave. There was no English people in this movie, though. Nope. <laughs> Good observation, bud. You would think, though, that they would have at least one. Why? Because that one dad was a nerdy professor. Okay. Was he? I don't know what he was. That's one of my questions. Yeah, that's, I'll wait a, for that I one. I have a, that same question. So let's start with the with the real tough question. What's the genre of this film? <laughs> well, it's a horror movie. Yeah, is it? It's a horror movie. It's Is it intentionally funny, though? Because there's some funny moments. So what? it's almost comedy horror? I don't know. Hmm. I think he doesn't know because he put in the biggest budget sequence is a car chase. Yes. And that's not usually a staple of the horror genre. Not really. Let's go crash 13 or 14 cars. We're making a horror movie, right, Jim? Just crash the cars. If you're a listener and you don't know much about Jim Wynerski, in, I want to say, 1988, Jim Wynerski bought the rights to about 50 films to use in his own films for the low, low price of $5,000. So there's always a question in his films, did he make this? See, I thought it was 98 when that happened. 98? No, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was in the 80s. When all of the... I thought it was part of that wave of like when all those uh, reality TV companies started getting the rights to movies when everything sort of went tits up in 96 or something. Uh, I, th- I thought it was much before that. Maybe we should fact check that. I, first, I will say that I know that it was Stealth Fighter was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And that's when a crop of Wynorski's films that featured a bunch of explosions that you've seen before showed up. So yeah, yeah. either way, you always sort of wonder which is the... Or even when he was shooting for Corman... Sometimes he would split a sequence in half for two movies. Yes, that's also correct. And even in this film, he uses films that n- nobody has to pay for just to fill some time. Yeah. Specifically, It's a Wonderful Life and Night of the Living Dead, which the film itself, 976 Evil 2, is one hour, 30 minutes, and 33 minutes, 93 minutes. So I think he's kind of using that as filter. Well, I got to have it be over 90 minutes. Yeah, you got to make it 90. So let's just use this other movie. We'll fill in. I thought that was a clever sequence. I I did too. I did too. I liked it a lot. Oh, God, no. Don't do that. No British voices, please. (laughs) Well, she's not actually doing a British voice. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing the the Jackie voice. I got it. I'm trying to class up our movie here. You're doing Steve Carell's voice from The Office when he's doing comedy. (laughs) Very funny, Jackie. Silly British voice. Uh, Yeah, so the movie starts out with this uh, girl whose name is not important. She's uh, swimming in a giant Olympic-sized pool, which... I guess this most of this film takes place at a college campus. Is that what we're... Yeah. Community college, yeah. Do community colleges have giant Olympic-sized swimming pools? Uh, some of them do, yeah. It depends. Most of them do not. Yeah. Some community colleges are based around sports teams, though. Okay. All right. Fine. Well, she's, uh, she's taking a swim, and all of a sudden, the evil phone rings. And the phone itself, this evil phone, anytime this phone rings... They just took a phone ring and then modulated the hell out of it. So I guess that sounds evil. I guess. My first comment when this was happening was, it's the phone, I think. Is that part of the score? Nope. It's the fucking phone. That's the evil phone ring. It sounds like shit. It's not intimidating at all. It's just a gravelly, high-pitched phone ring. With a bunch, it seems like with too much reverb or something. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, scary. So she goes and answers it. Nobody's there. Or no, she doesn't answer it. She's taking a shower and she's like, somebody should get the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody answer that. And we should mention that her hair's not wet anymore. <laughs> yeah, yep. Even though she just got out of the fucking pool. And, uh, of course, at minute one in a Jim Wynerski movie, there's boobs. Minute one. Yep. She's uh, For the next 92, none. No boobs. They're, they all go away after that. Yep. Disappointment. But at least he worked a couple in there. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. 
So the lights flicker, and she calls out. There's nobody there. And Who is she calling out for? Somebody to get the phone, I thought. Her voice is not... She doesn't enunciate, because the rest of the time she just starts screaming, and I thought she was screaming somebody's name, but it just was like... Ah, uh, it's like a scream with syllables. So... Yeah, I thought she was saying, Anne, Anne, quit that. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, she then puts a shirt on. She sort of puts a shirt on. Backwards. She and, decides to get dressed without turning the shower off. And it's a white shirt. Yeah. So it serves no function as far as modesty. I think this is still that point that sustained boobs on screen for X amount of minutes rated X. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Like so, I think we've talked about this in another one that it's like, there's a point that you're watching a Winorski movie or Fred Olin Rain when they put their clothes back on, you know they're only doing it because it has to be rated R yeah. so that it can show up in every video store. So a wet t-shirt that is fully see-through is A-OK in the eyes of the MPAA? Okay. Yeah. All right, fine. Let your kitties watch it. Get a well, look at some tatas. No, I mean, I guess you get to have it in a video store that doesn't have X's in front of it. It's so dumb. If you've seen the tits, it doesn't matter how long you've seen the tits. You've seen the tits. What's the difference between one exploding hooker and a exactly. hundred? Fuck the MPAA. Uh, so she goes looking around the locker room and she uh, pulls this towel off the rack and ah, there's a spooky guy there. And he's dressed like an. He's not spooky. He's just he's a very well dressed man. He's too dapper to be frightening. Dapper Dan is about to, and you're like, oh, is this a misunderstanding? Mm-hmm. And he- I still didn't until he finally goes through with the whole thing. I'm like, oh, I guess that's a bad guy. Yeah. He looks like the uh, guy that runs the funeral home and tells you that, I'm sorry for your loss, but we would like to have your services. Or some, like, international businessman. Yeah, yeah. All right, so he chases her around. She's running through the halls. Do you notice how hard hard she was having a time running? Like, you could tell that her feet were wet. Uh, And her boobs are bouncing all over the place. It could not have felt good. Yeah. Jackie, you want to confer on that? Well, no, it wouldn't. But I don't have fake boobs, so maybe it's different with fake ones. She didn't have fake ones. She she was C-cups, and they looked fine. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, that's going to hurt. Yeah, it looked like it would hurt. So she's running through the halls, and the doors are locked. And then she runs into the production of Faust that is running. Like, there's nobody inside, but all the props are working, and the lights are on, and glowing fire, and we, should also, we should also mention that it's uh, written, or directed by Joe Bob Briggs, and... Either pre- written by Roger Corman, written or by Roger Corman, or, or something. something like that. Yeah, yeah. nice shout-out. But they're in the... There's dry ice smoke everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the... They just leave it running. Yeah, all night. Well, the janitor's in there, and he's passed out on the fucking floor, drunk. I guess that's... But he seems like he didn't pass out from drinking while doing his job it seems like that's where he lives or maybe how we explain why the play is on is because he got too drunk doing his job and he fired the whole thing up uh-huh. and was just slackling at it giggling until he fell over passed out or he's up there uh giving his best one man version of faust <laughs> which when you're that drunk is just how do you see they didn't remember what I was doing when I was in college. <laughs> now I'm a big star. Hell, I don't even need to do. I don't even need to go to the theater to do that, Sam. I'll do that in my own bedroom. You just do it in your backyard once yeah. a week. Why not? Shut up, fuckers! <laughs> so she runs up onto the stage and she like trips or something and falls on one of the props that's like a big slab. And the spooky guy shows up and he says some spooky lines like your time has come my dear and he pulls one of the prop cords that's attached to a stalactite they apparently have falling stalactites in this play and her shirt has magically shrunk yes it's half the size that it used to be yeah and that not only do they have falling stalactites this one's not made of foam like the other ones it's just a real stalactite it's a real stalactite yeah nice and uh, it goes right through her. I'm sure you'd try to tell Shakespeare his business, too. <laughs> <laughs> when your janitor's a director, you yeah. know. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, so so she's dead. And it was a great death. It. She looks up at the stalactite hitting her, and the blood hits her face, and she's like, ew, it's on my face. <laughs> and then goes, ah. <laughs> she's like, ew, that's gross. Gravity, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> If you're going to kill me, at least get it. Don't get blood on my face. Not on the face. Gross. 
Alex, don't touch my nails. I just got those done. And he's like, welcome to my hell. What's the story with this girl? What does this murder have to do with fucking anything? It, uh, I don't know. Because later they reference that this is just a series of murders. One in a series of murders from the Slate River Killer. Yeah. So I guess he wants power. But then later on, he says what he wants, and it has nothing to do with the power that he wants. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, the whole thing's a misunderstanding. Okay. I think, uh, you know, one afternoon where the secretary goes home early and the assistant stays around could have fixed, cleared this whole thing up. So maybe he's just murdering all these people in sexual frustration. I guess. Well, she was blonde. Oh, so it's like a... Kind but, of, I don't he know. doesn't... Yeah. I can't even begin to fathom make sense of uh psychopaths how their brains work so uh whatever yeah she's dead uh there's some biker dude his name is spike he was in the first movie spike johnson spike johnson who looks completely dirty spike johnson has never had a bath spike johnson only wears one outfit during the duration of this movie spike johnson's pants do not come off now Mm -mm. no they are they are one he's like supergirl which is terrible irony because he's named erect penis Mm-hmm. but obviously can't have sex because his clothes are stuck to him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he rides into this strip club in the middle of nowhere, and uh, he sees the news about this murder, and he's like, God, ugh, it seems to really kind of take like an effect on him. Like, oh, I know about this. It's 976 Evil that's doing this, but he would have no way of knowing it. Anyways, so he hears the evil phone, and nobody else in the place does. Well, the lady goes, there's no phone here. Uh-huh. So he's obviously a whack job. Well, or- she says, what phone? Like, the phone's not ringing? I couldn't tell. I think she just means the phone's not ringing. Yeah, that's the impression. I thought that she meant that there was no phone there. Either way, she does not hear a phone ringing, and he does. And so he's like, fine, I'll answer it. And so he goes over, and he answers it, and it's 976-EVIL-2. That's the name of the movie. It's 976-EVIL calling, and they're going to tell him his horoscope and that it's time for them to meet again. Yeah. And then the stained glass window at the bar. Yeah. What was the deal with that? Lights him up in a chopper logo. It was like the Iron yeah, Cross, the Iron Cross, which is not associated with anything specifically past World War One. Right. Uh, Other than motorcycle tough guys. Yeah. But I mean, it's still. Yeah. But then he like crucifies himself. On the Iron Cross between the phone and, like, a snack bar. And then hangs out in the light for a minute. And uh-huh. I'm going, so he's Jesus? Uh, maybe. Or something. Uh, or it's just the power of 976 evil compelling him? <laughs> the power of Ma Bell compels you. <laughs> the phone company, yeah. <laughs> Would you like to be crucified by a light like, Iron Cross? Like, after all of the spiel with the person on the other end that does hokey bullshit he just goes i'm sorry is this the phone company it's not okay i'm gonna go this is the phone company we're a company that works over the phone yeah, then why not? do you not understand how business work <laughs> i have a business card so robin is this girl she goes to the police station and to see her dad she goes to the police station to see, see her dad her dad is at the police station there is a guy there who is later called the chief of police, who in this scene talks about the chief of police. Ah, uh, okay. Just want to make sure that we know that's what she's doing at the police station. And Seeing her father, who's not an inmate there. He works there. He, he must work there. He really seems like he's the chief of police in the first half of this movie. He's got the biggest office there i don't know who else would have such a large office with uh awards and plaques and things on and of that nature in it a lamp that says police on it uh-huh yeah hmm. okay so along the way she uh bumps into grubeck her ex boss sort of he's the dean of the college uh-huh and the cops have got him they're, they're gonna pin it on him he's the guy and she's like no he can't be the guy he was so nice he shocks I'm, her i'm gonna burn that question what what happened? Like he he went out. And he's like, it's so good to see you, Robin. Mm-hmm. And he grabs onto her hands, and then she falls to the ground. He, he zaps her with his past knowledge of murder. So a murder. <laughs> I, I just have, thought maybe his sexiness had taken over. I have that question immediately as well because 
she goes on the series of visions throughout the movie. She gets zapped by him right here. She gets zapped by a phone. She gets zapped constantly and has these visions. But they're all instigated by the evil. So the evil is telling her the plot of its own evil. I guess. That's bad eviling. What's the evil really? As far as I can tell, the evil doesn't care. It's just bored. Hey, have a vision. Yeah, I mean, what's, there's no end game here for the other end of the phone, right? I, I, there I, isn't. It's like... Other than charge your credit card at four ninety nine per minute. Which they get that monies, but then... <laughs> so that's covered. So that's covered, right? They got that base covered. Now what? <laughs> now what? They're just bored. So they got to kill all these people for their amusement, I guess. You know, really, that makes sense. It's very it, much like Cabin in the Woods. There's this... Phone people, they're out there like, oh, I didn't think it was going to play out like that. Wow. Yeah, so maybe the film is just about the fall of the 900 number. Like, this is, instead of them adapting their business, like, well, we've got the money for the 499, now we're bored. Instead of branching out with maybe, like, some research and development, some some brainstorming in a boardroom, they're just sitting around going, well, nothing bad can happen to 900 numbers ever. They'll be around for the rest of humankind. Well, by this point, 976 had already gone the way of the Dota. It was all yeah. one nine hundred. So. Right, right. Yeah, these guys, they're, they're in the middle of nowhere. M- movie phones on the way out, even. Yeah. Sheesh. So they got Grubeck locked up, and he's they're interrogating him, and they, can't, they, they don't have anything on him other than the janitor saw him. And he's like, that's not good enough. I want my phone call. So they give him the phone, and of course, he calls 976 Evil. Answer me! And, yeah, he's like, I guess there's a plan? Why well, he thinks there is. This Who's wh- to say how vague 976 Evil is? Because he's acting like he's in service to this number. Like right. he's, he's been doing the bidding of the 1-800 number, and he expects that he's going to get out of this situation because he's done exactly as he's been told. Yeah, I'm, I'm following your orders. This, is, this was not part of the plan. What's the fucking plan? Because... Your plan is just to stalk Robin, you weirdo. There's no plan. No, he's just been... He picks up the phone, they say to do stuff, and he freelances all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then now they're like, oh, the idiot called back. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, you'll get the power yeah. uh, that you wanted, right? That's what you're after. It's working, guys. He's not asking any more questions. All right, see ya. Can I just confirm the last four digits of your credit card number first before we hang up? Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. That one's expiring in six months. Do you want to renew right now for the uh, subscription charge to 976-EVIL-2? Okay, good. Yeah, we'll have to work out something in the case of you dying with your estate. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some contract. And he thinks it's fine because he's like, oh, I'm going to get the power. And mm-hmm. it turns out anybody that spends eight minutes flicking what's-her-face's bean can do whatever. Right, right. What's her face, Brigitte Nielsen? Yeah. Okay. So this Jody cop comes in, and he's like doofus the cop. I thought Jody's my favorite person oh, in the Jody's movie. Oh, Jody's totally my favorite person was, in the movie. Yeah. I think that uh, Robin and Jody would have would have really hit it off later on down the road had mm-hmm. he not been killed. True, true. And he's like, time's up, Buster. Give me that phone. So he grabs the phone, and he gets zapped by the phone handoff, and he's like, What's with you? <laughs> He's like, well, I was rubbing my feet very quickly underneath this table here to get some friction going, and then I just shocked you because I think it's funny. If you had been zapped by the phone, would you be like, what's with you? Like, <laughs> what's with the attitude? Yeah, I don't. It's your your uh, displacing blame of what's happening here. Like, he... Because ultimately, what what is his name again? The bad guy, Groban? Grubeck. Groban? Grubeck. Yeah. Grubeck? Josh Grubeck. <laughs> he didn't shock him. The phone did. Right. It's so... Is he yelling at the phone? It, that's what I'm... I, who are you talking to? And shouldn't you be more astounded that there's spooky electrical powers in something in this room? It's like if you get hit in the face with a door and then turn to the door and say, Stop it! <laughs> Shut up, door. <laughs> You're mean. All right, so Spike pulls into this diner, drive through hot dog fender thing. I don't even know what it is. And inside's Robin. She's eating some French fries that are apparently grody. And she's like, hey, tough guy. And he's like, where do you hang out, girl? And she's like, the point. <laughs> and then she bails. <laughs> no, she's going to the gym. Her ride to the gym shows up. Right. 
And I'm like, Which so is- why in the fuck are you eating French fries <laughs> right before you go work out? Like powerlifting. Aren't you gonna like throw up later or have the mass diarrheas? Well, we oh she's not a swimmer. Never mind. Yeah, we don't know what her exercise regimen is. I'm thinking it's some kind of aerobics because those pants mm-hmm. were something. They were definitely something. Those were very aerobicide esque pants. Yeah. But she leaves the card, the business card on the table for 976 Evil. As well as all the french fries. Well, he likes them. That's well, all he g- orders throughout the movie. He When he goes to I the have bar a for the first later. time, he orders french fries yeah. and a beer. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, dude, he just lucked out with a free meal. Because they say when he walks in there, if you're not going to buy anything, get the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought these french fries. No, you didn't. You didn't, but you're sort of grandfathered in on those things <laughs> for the next six minutes, and then your ass is gone. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> an entire plate of french fries. Hey, can I have a beer? Oh, this is a diner, hey, yeah. dickhead. So Grubeck's uh, in jail, and he's laying there, and all of a sudden, he like his eyes open, and he has this seizure, and that allows him to astral project. He's now Doctor Strange. Astral. And we thought that he was a spooky ghost. Like I he thought died. He was dead. And he became a spooky ghost. But he is not, a, he is quite alive. Which I guess I should have, with the subtitle Astral Factor, realized he wasn't dead. But the shaking around makes it seem yeah. like he's dying. Yeah. Yeah, like he's having some kind of stroke or an epileptic seizure. Brain aneurysm. Uh-huh. Those were my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was big. So Robin's at the point. She talks to Spike and Grubeck's kind of stalking her. He's like jumping out of trees and stuff, which looks shitty. We should mention how shitty the mat work looks in this film. Does not look good. No, I thought she was at the community college. That's the point, I think. The point isn't the point until the end when you see that there's... Well, then that... Some ocean there. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Because he... She says... Go to the point. That's where all the kids hang out. And that's where he finds her is at this next scene. The only way he would be able to find her is if this was the point. I think that the point and the hospital, college, police station, trucking center are all the same building that is adjacent to mm-hmm. the point. Okay. It's all in the same place. I like that. This this town is basically one building and a, a community park that has a cliff next to it. Very tight universe. Very okay. condensed. Yeah. I could get down with okay. that. So the point is just everywhere. That's why when he shows up and he's like, have you seen so-and-so? Or Robin and he, the guy in the weightlifting pants is like, yeah, she's over there. Because there's only like eight other people. And they call and it. They're all over there. They call it the point so that when somebody says, what's the point? Or where's the point? Oh, fuck. <laughs> How do you get to the point? Uh, is everywhere. there a point? It's all the point. It's everything. Name. Who's the point? That's the point of this joke. Did you point me in the right direction? That way. (laughs) Stupid. So the cops have this the janitor from the Faust production held up in a motel. He's he's the chief witness in this, so they've got him in the witness protection program, which is just a hotel room down the street where he can make phone calls and go in and out however he wants to. He's placing some bets on some horses. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure somebody could track this guy down. And I like how he keeps putting this dude on hold that he's talking to so he can have a conversation with the police. Mm-hmm. And then he gets back on the phone. He's like, once he figures out that he's getting chicken and a bottle of wine, <laughs> and he's like, I got to fucking go. I got to call you back. I got hot shit going on here. Yeah. And then he starts like adjusting his hair and stuff like, what are you going to do to this chicken? Why are you getting all spruced up? And we'll never know. Well, I think fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger is the eraser needs to come and find this guy because he is dead meat yeah. <laughs> with his with his actions here. And sure enough, Grubeck shows up and, and visits him and he's in the mirror, but he's not in the mirror and he explodes out of the toilet. toilet. I thought that the mirror effect was really good before we move too much further oh, I down thought the it line. Looked awful. I thought it looked pretty good. No, I liked it. You could tell what was about to happen just by looking at the mirror. You could see the cut edges of the the frame into the mirror. It was terrible. Yeah, he just sort of stands up. He was on the bed. No, he w- it was it was that cut the thing into the mirror. He wasn't in the the main frame. He was in the mirror only. No, dude, he stood up from behind. Right, that was in, in the, the first previous one. shot. And okay. then when they cut to the mirror, he's not there. Ah. On the on the right of him, it was a quick, and then you see it in the second shot. But oh, anyways, I thought that was pretty good. 
Uh, it, it, it's a great effect if you can do it, make it look not shitty, but it was it was shitty. I was it, entertained. It was like like those Scooby-Doo things where you're like, gee, which door is going to open? Because it's the one that's fucking painted different than all the other doors in the frame. Like, what? oh, they're going to go in there. Or in a Fred Williamson movie when a van is a robot and it has an automatic <laughs> door. It's actually, you can just see the guy's hand on the bottom opening and closing the door. That's a joke that only you and I will get. But the hands opening and closing doors is sure. funny. Which will play out later in this film. Uh, so, yeah, he explodes out of the toilet. I'm I not, think he explodes the toilet like the toilet is Batman smoke bombs, uh-huh. and then just appears. Yeah, he doesn't. He can go through walls. He doesn't. He just explodes the toilet. I thought this was very confusing because I thought he was exploding the co- toilet in order to kill Buck Flowers' character. It's not that big of an explosion. It's not, and he's okay, and then he's just standing there like, okay, so this is theatrics? No, he does it because he didn't flush. He's trying to teach him a valuable lesson. You flush your floaters down the toilet. Or I'm going to explode the toilet, and you're going to get poo all over you. He probably got hit in the eye by a turd. Mm. Fair enough. It's better than my theory. Well, Grubeck is looking kind of crappy. Yeah, he's he's getting some herpes. He's got herpes on his face. Now, we should back this up just a little bit, because Jackie was very confused... And I'm super confused by the gross face thing, because when he's not astral projectioning and he's getting talked to the cops, he's got schmutz on his eye. Yeah. And you thought it was like, there's something wrong with that guy's eye. And I thought it was because he got like roughed up and it was just bad makeup. But then when he astral projects for the first time, he looks in the mirror and he's normal. A-okay. So what's with the gross face? I don't know, because it starts on his body, but then it supposedly in in the story world of the movie brigitte nielsen says it's only happening to his astral projected self but then at one point he's just gross face he's his normal person is gross face yeah and it seems like gross face was developing before he even started astral projecting to the point that that what's his face Uh, jody has to show up with face cream yes He's like, here's your face cream. But then he's a dickhead about it, and so Jody doesn't even give him the face cream. I thought for sure that gross face was going to be like, this is a side effect of astral projecting for too long. You start falling apart. You degrade. Sure. And so you got to go back into your normal body before that. But that is not ever discussed, ever. No. He's just got gross face. He's just... Yeah, it's supposed to be his soul. The gross face, when he's in astral projection... He's supposed to get his his astral projection will project whatever his soul is like. So it's a rotting piece of crap. So technically, he should have looked like a turd. Then why is he gross in normal man mode? Because I, you know what? They got lazy about taking the makeup off of him. And they were like, that's very well let, very let's well wrap be. this up here. We're, we've got a deadline. No, that we're not. That is totally it. We're that's, not taking the shit off your face. Just get back in the prison cell. You're... You're no longer an astral projection. He's like, but yeah, but I got all this crap on my face. They're like, too bad. We got to get going. Jim's back there snapping his fingers behind the camera. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Just don't shine the lights on him so much. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will notice. Can we get a soft focus lens in here? Nope. Okay, fine. We'll just roll it. So anyways, the cops are all dead outside of this motel. And uh, so there's nowhere for the janitor to go. And he runs away, but he gets nabbed and then held out into the road by Grubeck. So he can't move while a semi is coming from quite some fa- the distance tonking. away. It's like, get out of the way. Move. 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 But it hits he's not him. moving. <laughs> Just blows him up. And then he's like. Explodes him. Oh, I should stop now. Maybe this- you should have stopped before you hit the fucking guy. Yeah, and this looked like a watermelon. Oh, I, this it was just a, blew up. I mean, it was awesome. It was a great dummy explosion. I loved it. Yeah. There's bits flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and none of it looks like usually when you have the dummy explosion, there's like the two legs still stand up or something or like an arm flies across the screen. This dummy is just bits, tiny bits everywhere. Nondescript, nothing makes it (laughs) no it's almost like they actually had an exploding dummy on the front of the truck and they just did a really good like they got everything right Uh and they cut and there's actually a cut in there of the to the explosion and it was just so seamless that it worked yeah no it looks great i loved this one and i like how a gross face just kind of flicks off the the pieces that land on him he's like all right done so he warps to robin's house and she's in there sleeping and he is being creepy 
and like, I'm going to get you. Uh, you're the one. Uh, and he touches her arm, and her arm turns blue. What? Because I was expecting something to pay off with this later. Uh, it does not. I have no idea what happens right here. I was expecting her nightgown to come off so we could finally get a look at those boobs. Yeah, that too. And then when that didn't happen and the scene ended, I was like, what was the point of that? I just don't know what happens to her arm. But it turns blue. It turns blue. That's what happens to it. Glows. So Jody's back in the prison and he's yelling at him. Hey, Grubeck, wake up, Grubeck. And that calls him back to his body. And that's when we realize, oh, he's not dead. Because it's very confusing at that point why they have... Somebody in witness protection for a dead suspect. and So they bring him into the interrogation room, which just looks like the break room. But uh, in there is Busty D.A. <laughs> D.A. Chesty. She does not look like the D.A. <laughs> no, and I was just wondering why they bring her in for this. I am wondering that, too. She's an old... She's an old uh, Winerski topless lady. Yeah, that's Docker too. She's the smuggler. She's like, Whoa, hey! Yeah. And I'm telling you, she kind of looks a little chesty there. But when if that would have came off, mm. you still would have been surprised. Even chestier than you're like. Than wait chesty. a second, that doesn't make sense. So she's in there and she's like, "You're not gonna get out of here, Grubeck. Even though we now have zero evidence on you. Period. You're gonna fry." No, she says we have some. Tissue samples and uh-huh. some fabric samples. Yep. Yes, she does. No, she says that, but they don't. They do not. Where did they, where did they get <laughs> tissue and fabric? From the high school, hospital, police station, college, mm-hmm. trucking center. Now she's got shit, Jackie. You got nothing on him. They keep him in jail. They keep him in jail because she says to, I guess. And yeah. So when you got huge boobs, you just got all the power in the world. Who needs rules? Man, civil rights, fuck them. Big titties. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. They got nothing on him. Okay. So Spike breaks into Grubeck's house. This is where shit starts to get fucking crazy. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I was not on board until this happened. Okay. All right. Uh, It was, I was like, oh, this is really, not a lot is happening in this movie and Grossface isn't doing it for me. And then Dipshit breaks into his house, which is already, his house makes very little sense. It's bonkers. He's got... The, I mean, the chief thing is he's got assault rifles, like they're display guns. Like, oh, this was the gun that shot uh, uh, or was used in World War II. It's a 1876 muzzle musket loader. They're just fucking modern guns yeah. hanging on the wall. Yeah, but it's not like he has them displayed properly. He just has them hanging there on the wall. It's not like they're in a case or right. that's not church just up dirt. I mean, it looks shitty. It looks shitty. Like I put some nails in the wall and then I hung these guns there. Uh-huh. And then when I get a second, I'm going to trace them with some black. So that way I know which gun is missing. <laughs> if somebody ever tries to mess up my guns. If you went into this guy's house, like, Hey, uh, come over for some coffee or something. Would you stick around? <laughs> no. So next to the wall of guns, instead of like the animal heads being mounted to the wall, they're not, they're just like set places. <laughs> So there's a lamp that has a big horn sheep coming out of the top of it. <laughs> like, you would go in there and be like, this guy is batshit crazy. This guy's fucking daffy. And then there's like some weird shield that's just in the corner of the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a weird iron shield thing. Oh, man. Great set work. And then he, when they look at the picture in this scene, mm-hmm. I've got to say this, and, and I'm going to burn this question. He picks up the picture of the Dean, right? Grubeck and Robin. Yeah, Grubeck and Robin. What is she holding? Because they show that picture multiple times, and it looks like she's holding some kind of large dildo <laughs> between the two of that. them. I didn't see that either. It was just like this long kind of it's, cylinder shaped. Maybe, maybe it's like a giant submarine sandwich, <laughs> and that's like the most magical day they ever had was the day that they brought over the big sub. <laughs> like, look, we're both holding the giant sandwich. Everybody loves the giant sandwich. I don't know what it was, but they kept showing it. And every time they showed it, I looked at it and I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so he goes into the kitchen and the fucking appliances go ape shit. The stove shoots flames out of it. The first thing that happens is, is the hose from the sink sprays him in the crotch, oh, yeah. which is just like, ha take that fucker. You, you got a wet crotch. <laughs> leather, leather, leather pants, le- wet crotch. Leather pants that haven't been taken off in three weeks. He is never getting out of those. No. Things. Oy. 
And then the fucking freezer door opens up and starts shooting pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> and he is standing on the counter, hot dogging, dodging them. It's great. It is. I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but it is. Oh, I it would has. consider classic humor. <laughs> yes. No, this is absolutely hilarious. No one could be directing a film and going, oh, yeah, just keep zinging those pizzas at him. I don't know, man. And they're going, this is just shut up and keep zinging the pizzas. Yep. Thinking inside of it. Because I, I read an interview with him, and he's like, yeah, I just have to do it sometimes. <laughs> the you horror. Just, you just have to spice these things up. When you know that you read the script, it's not that good. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have this fucker dodge some pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. It's the, it's not somebody chucked pizzas at him, and he dodged them. I bet you some of those pizzas hit him. <laughs> yeah. They did this. This is probably the longest day of shooting, is when Orsky's sitting in the director's chair, silently laughing himself silly while they're throwing pizzas at this bad actor. <laughs> 76 pizzas were lost in the making of this film. And then the rifles come off the fucking wall. Well, one of them does, and it looks awful. Oh, man. It looks bad. Bad mat work. And it starts shooting at him, but he uh, tosses a book or something and distracts the gun. <laughs> distracts the magic gun. <laughs> and then dives over the couch and grabs it, and he starts fucking shooting the place up because of like the animals are coming to life yeah. and talking to him. That warthog animal thing was so funny. Yeah. And he shoots it he shoots it like 17 times and then it finally explodes. <laughs> Cuz it's explosive. Explosive. Yeah, I guess. And then he blasts the phone and it explodes yeah. too. Great scene. Oh man. So he goes and meets Robin and tells her about the phone bill that he found in the office that's filled with Numbers to nine seven six evil. Now, did anybody get the name of the company that was listed before that? Like, was, like, was it Egobos? It was like Ebbelros or some. I don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah, it was weird. But also, like on the front page, like the most recent calls were somewhere else. Like he had it was last month. He was a lot heavier in the nine seven six evil. Now he's on. Moved on to Miss. Uh, it seemed like he called Schwans after that. It's the psychic because that's where those name. pizzas come from. It's the second lady's name. Madam Claire? Yeah. No, was it Madam Claire? Madam Cleo. Cleo. Yeah. Yeah, he's moved on to Madam Cleo now. <laughs> and Schwanz, because he needs those pizzas. He needs those pizzas. Pizzas and psychics. Love them. Nothing says hot Friday night like frozen pie and some pretend psychic black lady. I imagine before the murdering, his Friday nights were pretty boring. <laughs> It's just him adjusting his guns on the wall and stacking his mounted heads weirdly. <laughs> Though it's already all there. He just sits in the middle of it and eats pizza quietly. <laughs> Weirdo. You know, some people, Sam, buy Porsches and motorcycles for a midlife crisis. This mm -hmm. guy calls psychic hotlines and starts killing teenagers. Yeah, to each their own. Eating some delicious Totono's pizza. So Spike convinces... Robin, that Grubeck's behind everything. Because this whole time, she hasn't believed it, that he's just too nice of a guy. And so she, he gets her to break into his office at the campus, and she finds this note that says, go to L's astral research. For, like, Wednesday or something. Yeah. But did anybody else notice, though, in this book, every day that Robin is supposed to be in, mm -hmm. he's also got that in his calendar, too, because that's not a little creepy. Huh. Robin's what? in. Robin's in. Robin's in. I didn't notice that. I didn't see that. Huh. I would imagine all it, had, it was all just either Robin and then the one thing that said astral research. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, actually. I got a planner once and I had to, I never used it, but I, except for the one time and it was right before football season and I just put football on every Sunday. Because that's all I was going to do. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, well, the rest of this will work itself out. And then I never opened the damn thing yeah. again. I'll, I'll write something I, I, later. I probably still have it Dennis, somewhere. I'll Some, get those Dennis in Somebody's going to find that and be like, this guy filled out two years of just watching football. <laughs> and that's it. He couldn't just remember. <laughs> so while she's there, the evil phone rings. And it gives her a vision. Like, hello, this is 976-EVIL calling. Would you like to know your horoscope? And gives her a vision of the DA getting blown up. Why would nine? Because they're bored. You're right. There's no reason why nine seven six evil would be like. Here's a vision of the future of what's going to happen for our ends. It only is advantageous to the protagonist. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's just there's somebody on the other end of that phone that's bored. Satan's bored. Yeah, and they only get to read about it like through the newspaper. Yeah. 
you're not seeing any of this. Right. So they don't have the internet. <laughs> They're like, oh, I bet that would have been fun to see. Yeah. Why are you doing it? Uh, have you been to hell? There's not a lot to do. You would think there'd be plenty to do down there. Uh, no, you should watch a movie called As Above, So Below, which is not good. But hell seems really fucking boring. Mm. Like you just sit in a chair and stare. It's like kind of like the Blair Witch Project. You just stare. You just stand in a corner and stare. And I guess that's evil and scary, but it seems really boring. Oh, because that made it for like 17 seasons and counting on ABC. Yeah. So what's that called? The uh, yelling and staring show. CSI. Doctor. It's a doctor show. Grey's Killing Anatomy. My own joke. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Hell is just Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. 17 seasons. There's no luau's. There's no singing and dancing. What there wasn't going to be luau. There's no log ride. There's... Again, log ride seems outlandish. Hell seems boring. Okay. I pity Satan. Bored out of his mind. I'll just start a fucking phone company. <laughs> it is a phone company, Satan. Right, whatever, man. <laughs> so she wakes up in the nurse's station, and she calls her dad and tells him about the vision, but he's like, yeah, whatever, sweetie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he's he's in jail. He's not doing anything evil. Okay. <laughs> All right. So VA is driving home, and she her evil car phone rings. She's got a powder blue Firebird that the paint is almost gone, uh-huh. but then has a car phone. A fairly nice car phone, too. Any car phone, because that's the thing, is that car phones were never a non-luxury item because mm-hmm. the cell phone came and killed the car phone. Right, right. It was always an expensive yes. thing. Yes, So she's got like a $1,200 Camaro with a car phone. With a $3,000 car phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It had nice light-up numbers. Uh-huh. I mean, this thing was yeah. deluxe. Yeah. But she's like, fuck you, evil car phone. So she hangs up, and uh, that causes 976 Evil to transfer into the car stereo, and she can't turn that off. No. Why is- can't she turn it off? Well, she, she, she turn turns to the channels. It's off. all the channels. Yeah, but if the spooky 976 Evil has the power to fuck with the radio and be not be turned off, why can't it just stay in the phone? She never actually tries to turn it off. She just turns yes, the she channel. Yes, she does. Oh, she does? She turns it off and it turns itself back on. Yeah. And then, you know, that goes to another question. Why is all of a sudden it moving from the phone to the radio and then taking over the vehicle? That's what I just asked. Why doesn't it just stay in the phone? I don't know. Zapper for not listening. (laughs) Zap. So now the car is out of her control. Because there's a ninja driving it. (laughs) Other than that ninja that's in there. Oh, man. Have a black interior... Or have him wear tan? No, no. Have have uh, Grubeck drive the car. Yeah. Instead of a fucking stunt ninja. <laughs> it looks so stupid, and it's blatant. You can see it clearly that there's a ninja driving there's car. A ninja driving this car. <laughs> the ninja is and a damn fine driver, though. The stunt person that's supposed to be Monique Gabriel is sitting in the middle of the car, just pressing both hands against the ceiling, <laughs> which leads me to believe that they're not even strapped in. No, I don't This think is so. a fast and loose stunt sequence. <laughs> yeah, they're tacoing cars all over the place. There's probably, what, 15. 12, 15 cars that get smashed up in this sequence. It's a good sequence. Yeah, this is one of the best car crash sequences I've seen in a long time. Other than that ninja. <laughs> well, that actually really elevates it for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Is that the ninja is driving the car. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I didn't think anybody but a ninja could make it through most of this mayhem. <sighs> Man. So Robin Caesar freak, or, you know, like crashing into everything and yelling at her through the window, help me, help me. So she chases her, but then it's too late. She drives into a transformer station and explodes in a huge fireball. Instead of just sparks and electricity, it is an actual explosion. Large explosion. Of fire. Yeah. This car is so on fire when it comes out the other end that, I mean, I don't know. If if they had a bag of hot dogs in there, they would just be ash. Yeah, there was nothing left. Nothing left. <clears throat> Except for Grubeck, who walks out of it. And you want to ask him, where's the ninja? Yeah, where did that guy go? You were the ninja? I don't know. Where did that ninja go? That's the thing about ninjas. You never know. Yeah, I'm sure he got out of there. He made it. Yeah, he threw one of those little smoke pellets down and then bailed out of the car. Like with the little string attached to a ninja shuriken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the grappling hook shuriken. Sure. I've seen that before. So she's 
now like it's Grubeck, it's Grubeck. She's telling everybody it. I saw it all. No, he's in fucking jail. You're fucking Daffy, daughter. Uh, we need to call a shrink. No, it's not. No, it's Grubeck. Even though her dad might be one. We should mention his attire. Well, I've never seen this before because it's a knit sweater that has leather elbow pads. Yes. I've never seen that before. It's very common on campuses and universities. He looks like a professor. The pads are, but on like jackets, not knit sweaters. sweaters. No, that's that's a thing. Mm. Is it? Yeah. I'd like one. Yeah, I would too. I liked it a lot. He could either be a professor, a psychiatrist, a bug collector. The chief of police. He's not the chief of police. I guess not, but he, no, he's he in that guy's office. Visually does not look like the chief of police. would. He looks like every other thing else but the chief of police. But he's in the chief of police office dictating orders to the police. Even though later a guy who's not the police chief is then the police chief. Question mark. I think he's a bird watcher. Or he could be a bird watcher. He looks like a bird watcher. Uh, He could be a geocacher. I think he's the head of HR. Oh, no, The multiplex? Yeah. Head of HRs always have, uh, uh, like, modern clothes. Like, they're always trying too hard to look cool. Like, I'm cool. I'm a cool guy, right? I'm your friend. Even though I'm the person that's going to fire you someday, uh, they would never wear a knit sweater with elbows on. That's somebody that's wants to teach and guide youths i think or look at birds or look at birds there's a place in france where the naked birdies dance what there's a hole in the wall where professors can see it all you know no birds wear clothes just so you know oh my god i knew it so robin and spike meet at the diner to talk about the note and they got to find this l and the methods that they use to find this l is to just drive your motorcycle over to her (laughs) (laughs) yep and it says Lucifer's open till midnight because, you know, we got to do serious evil stuff at midnight or we are evil, but we're not evil enough that we stay open. We have a bedtime. Let's, yeah, it's yeah. it gets late. <laughs> and it's the spooky store. They just sell spooky stuff inside of it. Old books. Old books and lanterns and candelabras and uh, dresses that have huge fucking shoulder pads. Giant shoulder pads. Because yeah. Brigitte Nielsen's in there. And she looks wide, not fat wide. She just looks big. She's a lot bigger than him. Yes. So she sells him the spooky book. Ah, uh, she does not sell it to him. Well, there's a price for it. There is a price. The he price. has to stay and eat. He has to. Uh, you can get the spooky book for the price of lunch. Boxed lunch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who knows if he even needs the book? The boxed lunch might just work out everything. For yeah. Him. I, oh man, weird. So Robin and her friend are back at the house, I guess, because now things are cool, even though she's not a good time to take a movie break, Robin. They're watching movies. Yeah. With their shoes on the furniture. How dare they? Uncivilized whores. Rude. The both of them. And they're fighting over whether to watch Night of the Living Dead and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. So which one would you guys have watched? It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. I don't think Night of the Living Dead's a very good movie. That's what I would have watched, too. It's a revolutionary film, but there's a lot of, like, eh, zombies are eating again. This it's is taking so goddamn long. Damn fine for the cost of film stock. Oh, absolutely. Great film. Very important film, but yeah. which one I'd rather watch? Hmm. And it, I've seen It's a Wonderful Life so many times. I just don't know. It's tough. I, I don't want to watch either one no, of those movies. I don't want to watch either one of them. <clears throat> so Robin goes in to make some popcorn, and uh, there's a 976 Evil infomercial that comes on the TV talking to this Paula girl, and Grubeck is doing his best Vincent Price here. And at the same time, like, it's a TV thing. He's selling TV remotes. TV remotes that do everything, Uh including put you in the TV. Yeah, she gets Pleasantville. She goes into It's a Wonderful Life. She doesn't seem to really question that, hey, I'm in the movie. She's like, wait, these are not the events of the movie. That's not what that little girl says right there. Yeah. I thought that he did a really good job with this whole sequence. Yeah, I liked this sequence, too. Especially too. when the uh, Wonderful Life people turn into zombies. I was actually starting to fall back out between the car chase and now. And, oh, no, you got me back in, Jimmy. Good job. Yeah, it's uh, very cheap, good filmmaking. But then George Bailey's daughter becomes a zombie and stabs her in the chest with a garden tool. Uh, that's a cake serving. That Oh, a cake server. 
Oh, yeah. that makes sense. I thought it was like one of those little things that you make little lines in the dirt. Oh, a little trowel? spade? Yeah, trowel. Either way. Yeah. She's dead. It's a cake trowel of death. Robin walks out and sees her. Ah! And Grubeck walks into the kitchen and calls 911 and says, I'm I'm Robin and I just murdered my best friend. Come get me. <laughs> also, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> That's going to make those She's guys get there pants. even faster. Well, she is, but you know he's he's baiting the nine one one people. If it was Jody on the her. other end, he'd be there faster. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Spike comes in. And he tries to whack Grubeck, but he can't because he's intangible. But he punches him. Grubeck punches Spike, and then he warps back to jail. And Joel, Jody tells him that he's got gross face. Like, hey, you're looking really crappy, buddy. Got your face cream for your fucking gross face. But then they get into an argument about how gross he looks. And then Jody leaves without giving him the face cream. God damn it. I needed that face cream, Jody. It's gross. Which I guess seals Jody's fate. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is my only. I thought for a second, I was like, you know, it was before the uh, part with the It's a Wonderful Life. I was like, really, the only thing this has for me is Jody in a car chase. If they kill Jody, I'm out on this thing. Mm. But. It's a Wonderful Life was good enough that they were able to kill Jody, even though I thought he was too stupid to die. <laughs> I think was... that, that crosses a horror sort of caveat that you 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 have to be dumb enough that the viewer wants you to die, but once you get so stupid, you're actually too stupid to die, and I thought he was there. Too stupid to die. It's the sequel to this movie. Uh, so the, Spike and Robin hatch a plan to kill Grubeck's material body because that's going to kill the spirit body as well. So Quite a sh- plan. Go in there and shoot him. Just go in there and shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? So Spike rides up on his motorcycle and he calls out to Grubeck. Hey, I'm out here. Come get me, bastard. You can't have Robin, but you can have me. What? That sounds like an open butthole situation. If this was your plan, would you have Robin go in and do the dirty work and you're the distraction? It would work a lot better the other way around. I think it would work better the other way around. Like, hey. He's not going to wake up and go, oh, because he's really interested in Robin. Robin's out here. Come get her. He's going to come get her. Yeah. Fuck, fact, fuck Jake. That's what happens afterwards is when it doesn't work. Right. He has to chase her down. Bad plan. You guys had all the, the pieces there. You just had them reversed. The two pieces. Guy to shoot gun. Mm-hmm. The third variable fucked it up. Yep. Aye, aye, aye. So him and Jake in a semi-truck chase. Astral grew back and Jake. Where am I? Jake now. Spike. Spike. And Robin goes inside and all the cops are dead, including Jody. Much to Sam's chagrin. And Robin was pretty broken up about it, too. Yeah, she yeah. was like, She peeked down his pants. Was only going to nail the guy in the leather pants if they came off and marry you, Jody. <laughs> Yeah, she took a little peek when she was getting the keys for the prison. She was like, what am I missing? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it wasn't that He was trying to show her at the beginning of the movie when his fly was down. That's true. So Spike pulls way ahead in front of the semi, and then he flips a bitch, and he pulls out a stick, several sticks of dynamite, lights them, and then heads straight at the semi truck, which causes Grubeck to pull the jackknife lever. I guess so. Because it's just a lever that makes a truck jackknife. It's not the e-brake. I don't know. I don't drive a truck. It looked like the lever that the bus driver opens the doors with. Something. Yeah. It, either way, Jack snipes the trailer real nice. Mm-hmm. So there's nowhere to go. But underneath. But underneath. Tosses the dynamite. Explodes the ass end of the... I think he missed. I think... Or yeah. It just explodes the ass end of this fucking semi-truck and then causes the whole rest of it to explode. There is a point in one of the shots where they had a camera set up, and I don't think the camera made it. I don't think so either. It looked like in one of the sequences they, they had a sort of set camera really with hopefully no one running it, and uh, I think the truck hit it pretty nice. Yeah. So Robin goes into the cell, and she fails at shooting him. She had one fucking job, shoot him, and he just he just takes the gun from her. Everybody's dead. Put a few holes in the blanket first. First. Just grabs the gun. She's like, oops. Runs away. Dummy. And uh, knees him right in the junk and then runs away. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is when you're like, okay, that cheap shirt's coming off now. He's going to reach out Mm -hmm. and he's going to snag the shirt and the shirt's going to come off. When the best friend doesn't take her shirt off, I realized that I had not. At that point, when she was dead, I was like, those are the only tits I'm seeing this whole movie was at the beginning. Right. Well, Spike and Astral Project now. Because he, I guess, learned the secrets of astral projection from Lucifer? Well, yeah, by sexual contact, I guess. By cunnilingus? Yes. Uh, She also says that under 
systems of or situations of heavy duress. So I guess being dead. Right. Okay. So Robin runs to these cliffs and the point. The, the point, point. Well, the whole thing's the point. I thought. Well, I think the movie's finally getting to the yeah. point. <sighs> and Gruber grabs her and he's like, "Tell me you love me." And then Spike jumps up from behind him and says, I love you, asshole, and punches him off the cliffs. And he dies. And he dies. I love you, asshole. Why would... That's Spike? What? what? I love you, asshole. I love you, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Which should have been the dumbest thing, but then... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Spike and Spike kisses Robin, and does anybody want to try to fucking deal with this thing? <laughs> he becomes... The 4th of July. <laughs> I think he's Sparkle Love. I think he's the Star Child. He's, yeah, he becomes Xanadu essentially. It's just neon bullshit in space that he becomes. It's yeah. red, white, and blue, gentlemen. Yeah, he becomes the Fourth of July. Yeah, of love, of love. So the cops arrest her because there's nobody else. She's there. This is an easy conviction. She's there every time somebody's yep. dead. Yeah, yeah. So she's going to jail, and then the evil phone rings. The evil phone rings a lot when there's no one to answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I noticed too. Like that's what? what also makes me think that the nine seven six evil people are just bored because they're only twenty five percent of the time people are actually picking up these calls. They're probably on the other end of it, like, oh shit, somebody picked up. Uh, do bad stuff. Yeah, okay. I am the light god. God, swear that somebody give me the script. So that leads me to my first question: Does nine seven six evil have anything to do with this film? I don't think it does. What if the board telephone company isn't evil? They're just calling people being like, would you like to know the powers of your future via dialing 666, trying to get those charges, and everything that happens around it is just circumstantial. That seems about right, because yeah. the whole situation with this one is a the dean of college wants to nail this chick. Mm -hmm. Who wants to nail him? Right. And then he goes through all of this wrong, like, oh, I will take the advice of this phone line. And they're just like, dude, we're just trying to get you to make the charges. Mm -hmm. He ends up going on a killing spree thinking it's going to work when the whole time he could have just been like, unzip his pants, pull his wiener out, worked himself out. Again, he does not get his powers from 976 Evil. He gets it from Brigitte Nielsen. Absolutely. I think they're just a rube. It doesn't make... Yeah, they're, they're circumstantially around the... <laughs> Everyone here is a victim of circumstance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Especially Jody. Poor bastard. Poor, poor Jody. Oh, are you sure that she goes to jail? Well, yeah. Or is she on the way to the loony bin? Because she gets in an ambulance, yeah, not a police true. car. Looney bin, and her dad could be a psychiatrist or a bird watcher. We'd never find out. <laughs> yeah. I think she's going to the loony bin. Which yeah. is better. Yeah. yeah. That jail was shitty. That jail was really grody. And it didn't even have proper windows. Well, no. if, if the jail's that bad, maybe the loony bin's worse. I don't know, but there was no toilet in there either. You had to shit in the sink. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. I, I did not notice that. But maybe yeah. when you and, astral project, you can shit outside. Yeah, well, Actually, the outside was just another jail cell. That's why all that brown stuff was running down, because he was actually somebody else's toilet. <laughs> Ew. I only have one question. Why are there no hamburgers? <laughs> Why are there no hamburgers in this film? It's no. always just French fries. <laughs> I agree. So, like, the diner that they go to has a Texas flag behind it uh -huh. with this little guy. It's who not looks a diner. Like it's a drive-in. A drive-in. That has no place to drive into. Uh. Right. But it looks like the, the sign has the Texas flag with a little guy holding a taco. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it cuts to the inside of this place. And the lady's chopping up pork or sausages. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's just with with a sizable meat cleaver. Yes. True. Like you don't need a meat cleaver to chop that. Nope. But and nobody nobody even eats that. Yeah. No. And nobody they're only eating French fries. <laughs> they don't even look like good French fries. They look like mushy cold French fries. No, there's those crappy criss cut ones that are the they frozen. Are, yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes those. You have to like dump so much fucking ketchup on those things oh, to yeah. even be edible. Ugh. It's like potato. <laughs> they're like little pockets of potato powder. Yeah, those are gross. So why didn't we get to see her boobs, do you think? That's a good question. Why didn't we get to see... She was still doing pageants and she would have took those off. She would have been 
because she was a finalist. Oh, okay. She was a finalist for Miss USA one year, and I think it was right before they made the movie. So if she mm, was still yeah. trying to do the pageant circuit, she can't get those things out. True that. Why didn't we see uh, Busty DA? What's her Gabrielle? Because he just couldn't work him in, I don't think. I, I know he wanted to, because yeah. at one point, <laughs> the buttons on her shirt during the car sequence just fly open. And I guess there was just no way to just be like, uh, yeah, the steering wheel rips your shirt off. Really? Why not? <laughs> Fuck, the ninja can rip it off. Just take them. Just take them out. I'm down with questions. I am, too. We, it's, everything is just questionable from the very get go that you can't even talk about this film without being like, wait, what? How? Who? When? Why? Just trying to work through it. You, the dad shows up so many times. That would have been my biggest question, but you have to deal with it in the middle because it just doesn't make any damn sense. He's not the chief of police. He's not, I no. guess. What is his job? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final recommendations. I see. Do it. I, I enjoyed it. I had a really good time. It was silly. There should have been more boobs, but yeah, I liked it. Okay. I say do as well. It's the same thing I had. I feel exactly the same way about uh, this as I do with uh, Dirty Harry 5. That It was really dry in between. It's absolutely hilarious points, but the points are very funny and they're worth it. I am also going to give it a do. I think I liked it better than both of you did. Uh, I think that the dry parts are filled in with so much head scratching that you're when you in another movie whether you've got a dry part like that you're just like all right move it along but you fill in the blanks of the dry times with just thoughts like what wait why huh who i'm trying to figure this out and it carries you past it I, to the next stupid part i can see that i would say that you're probably right because i didn't have i wasn't able to riff on this very much because no. i was so confused most right. of the time that I wasn't even able to make jokes during it because it was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, I think that this is... If we don't endorse this type of film, then I don't know what the hell we're doing. Well, it's good thing got we, everything. Good thing we all did then. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great time. Definitely check out 976 Evil 2. And we will see Jim Winerski again for sure. Uh, next pick is mine. And we are finally going to get to see what happens to Mike Denton when we do Deadliest Prey. So prepare for a high body count. And some one-liners and some ass-kicking and... Uh, some muscles. Muscle. Well, it's 28 years later. I don't know how good He's Ted Pryor's looking. He's in better shape than I am at 50-something, yeah. so yeah, there you go. True. All right. So, uh, get to the chopper. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening, and get to the chopper.